Hello, State Hornet listeners. I'm Magali Munoz, your managing editor, and I'm here with Aranza Mora, an alumna from the State Hornet from fall 2020, right, Aranza? Yes, I'm so excited for you to have me. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I'm here to talk to her since it is Hispanic Heritage Month. I wanted to kind of, you know, pick the brain of someone who's in media right now who kind of pursued that course that a lot of us are still struggling to get into. So I just wanted to talk to her and pick her brain a little bit about that. So what does being Hispanic mean to you, Aranta? Wow, that's a good question. Um, being Hispanic means a lot of things. I actually feel like I am blessed to be Hispanic because I know there's like a stigma going on of like people shouldn't use the word Hispanic. But mm-hmm. I mean... There's a lot of research behind, like, a a lot of history behind it. And to me, you know, it means that I'm a multicultural person and then that I also have the privilege to have the best of both worlds. Like, you know, being bilingual, sharing two cultures, me especially being Mexican-American. But being Hispanic, to me, I mean, you probably heard a lot of people that are, like, so proud of their culture and to be Mexican and to me, that that's what it means. Some, like, I'm just so proud of my heritage. I'm proud of who I am. And it just makes me, Aranza, it makes me who I am. So I think it's always an honor to say, yes, I'm Hispanic. Hmm. And why Spanish media? I know you could have gone, you know, obviously like the English route, but like, why did you choose to go there? So I actually work in both fields. I work at iHeartMedia and Univision, and they're both so different. Like when I got hired at my English job, I don't know if I could say the name again but I noticed that I was like the only Mexican and it's not that they're that they're not diverse because we have a Filipina we have an African-American guy like we have a variety of people but I noticed that there's a lot of reasons behind like when I first came in I had to fix a lot of my accents a lot of my pronunciation and it was just like I had to switch and I still have to switch like when I go from the Spanish market to the English market because I, I still work in both fields I still have to like switch that language and sometimes it's hard like not speaking both at the same time. So there's still times where I still have to hear like certain words and how you pronounce them because there's certain words that in English that sound just like in Spanish and they're pronounced differently. So I get you know to be blessed to work in both fields but I always told myself like whoever was going to give me the opportunity first I was going to 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 work in in that field but I did get hired in the English market first so I think that was such a blessing because I always just focused in Spanish and then when I got hired for the English market I was like oh, okay well it's time for me to to work a lot on my English pronunciation because I was focusing so much on the Spanish because that was like my dream to be more on the Spanish but now I, I get to do both and I think it's great to be able to to do both yeah I think they call it like code switching right or like something like along those lines or you have to like almost be a lot more like proper because I know like like my first language was Spanish and so sometimes Mm -hmm. even just talking like normally I have to like figure out like how to say those words in English as opposed to Spanish I'm used to hearing it like one way as opposed to the other and I'm just like oh yeah wait that's not how you say it there or because I've more used to like reading it instead of like speaking it then I will say things wrong but it's just because I don't know how to say that in English as opposed to like when I'm in Spanish like sometimes I'll ask my colleagues like hey did I pronounce that right because I'll say it like in a Spanish accent especially cities California cities Mm -hmm. like I would be like um San Rafael I would be like San San Rafael or something or San Bernardino like 
because to me it just comes naturally in Spanish, mm-hmm. but they're like, oh, you know, English watch uh, listeners are going to be like, oh, it sounds a little, you know, different. Mm-hmm. Like, Sacramento, Sacramento. And um, I was like, oh, okay. So sometimes I'll, like, hear it on Google pronunciation, or sometimes I'll ask, like, hey, does that sound right? Just because I'm so used to, you know, saying how I hear it at home mm-hmm. or how I say it. So it's good to have someone else. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you tried out for Nuestra Belleza Latina. How did that, like, experience influence you going into, like, a broadcast? Or, like, what did you think yeah. you were going to get out of that? So a lot of, uh, I've done a lot of reality shows since I was young because I always wanted to be a singer. And when I got in the music industry, I, not only did I see how hard it was, but it's kind of like a, it's a whole new world. And it's a lot of things that I didn't feel comfortable with, like, as a woman, So I wanted to choose a field where I felt that I had a voice. And I started off, like I said, singing. And I still sing, but now I do, like, on-the-side gigs or, like, mm-hmm. more like a hobby, but I still love it. And I did La Voz Mexico and, like, other Spanish shows. And then I started seeing the production behind, and I started falling in love with it. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, just everything behind the scenes is so so cool to me, like, all the work behind So then when they were doing auditions for Nuestra Vieza Latina at that time, I knew like as a junior in college that I wanted to be a TV host or like a news reporter. But I saw that there were auditions and I also liked doing pageants. Like I, I love doing everything that has to do with art. But, you know, growing up, I, I liked all of that. So I was like, oh, okay, well, let's see where I can, you know, find my place. And when they did auditions, I was like, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to try it out. The auditions were in, I think, LA, San Jose, Miami, and... I went to the San Jose one and out of like all the girls, I was the only one that passed to Miami. And I thought that was like, whoa, like I honestly didn't know I could make it that far. And then when we went to Miami, I passed those auditions in front of the judges, the celebrity judges. And then I went to the other round, which was like top 20, I believe. And I made it into top 20. So to me, that was really cool. But it taught me a lot because I probably felt like I was super prepared. And I, f- I feel like I was, but there was still like more to do, more work to do. And what I, what I didn't have at the moment was full confidence. Like I didn't really believe in myself. So that show really helped me like let myself know that, you know, chances and opportunities don't come like, you know, all the time. And that I had to believe in myself. So after that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to work, like, fully believe in myself, work on one thing. So that's why I was like, okay, I'm going to do the TV host side or the um, news reporter side because I need to focus on one thing instead of going everywhere. And and that helped me grow a lot in many ways. So it helped me, you know, see how the media is. It helped me get more inspired, too, and, and you know, meeting the other girls. It was really inspiring. It was, it was a really great experience. And it definitely made me know that I wanted that so bad. Like, I wanted to work in TV. So I was like, okay, it's time to, for me to work on it and not just dream about it. Right. When I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, I grew up watching that. And I, like, had never, like, would have thought that I'd know someone that I was on Nuestra Vez Latina. For anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's, like, a beauty pageant centered in Mexico where a bunch of girls of Latina, like, heritage or uh, Hispanic heritage come on the show. And, like, a lot of the girls from that get a lot of broadcasting and, like, TV experience. So I thought that that was really cool. Yeah. And, and you know what? I I did get a lot of probably exposure And I did meet a lot of people, but I came out of the show, like, the same way I came in. Like, I came out with no job, you know, so I really had to start from the bottom again. And I remember I missed a semester in Sac State, 
And I, ha- I went back to school. Like, I was like, okay, well, I have to keep on going, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it, it was amazing. Like, the experience was amazing and the exposure. But it's not like you come out with, like, what people think, you know? Like, you're already famous. You have a job. Like, no. Sadly, right. no. But the good thing is the exposure, the connections, and the experience. So, so that's what's nice about it. That's really cool. And then in that same realm, like, being a woman in media is already, like, really hard. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're... I don't feel like we're underrepresented. We are underrepresented. We are, definitely. But even just being Latina in this field in journalism and in broadcast and TV is so much harder as well. Like, what is your experience with that? You know, I took a woman in media class in Sac State, and it was such a good class. I recommend it, like, any woman that wants to get in this field because it opens your eyes a lot, like, how women are misrepresented, they're paid less. So there was a job that I did that I remember, and it's in the media, I just don't want to say names, but I heard that women were getting paid less than men. So that shocked me a lot because I was like, whoa, this does happen? You know, like Mm -hmm. men, I think we're getting paid like $5 more. And even though it's just $5 more, that's a lot, like like just because of gender. So I remember um, one of my colleagues, one of my coworkers, she found out about it and she, you know, she told HR and everything and the whole, like she explained to me that like a whole big complaint was filed and now they started getting paid the same as men. But I was just like, wow, that's such a like, like, I can't believe this is actually in real life. Anything from my experience was hearing that definitely, but I do feel like a lot of the times men don't really give women credibility you know, because we're women. So when I started getting on this field, I did a lot of auditions and other like markets, channels, whatever. And I feel like I remember one time they told me like, oh, your hair shouldn't be that long. You should cut your hair. You know, it should be shorter. You should maybe dress a certain way. And I did feel like, why does that, what does that have to do with me, you know, giving the news, giving information? So I did remember they told me my hair was too long and that I should cut it. And it was a guy that, you know, was trying to hire me and and I was like, why would I want to work for someone like that that's already telling me, you know? like. Mm-hmm. So that was probably one of the things that I experienced. And like I said, just a lot of like credibility. I feel like, you know, they're more like, oh, she's a woman. But that's why I wanted to work somewhere where I can have my voice, you know, like set my voice. And um, I think this is a, a good industry to show that because not only am I a woman, but I'm also Latina. So I have to work extra harder. <laughs> what advice would you give to journalism students coming out of this like what internships did you take to like get to where you are now or kind of steps you think that should be needed to get into a job after college which I feel like is really really hard in this industry yeah it is honestly I was three months without a job and I was going nuts after college because I was like especially after like it was during the pandemic too so I was super depressed because I couldn't find anything and I searched and it's like post-graduation syndrome where you're like depressed because you can't find a job And what helped me a lot was exposure, getting out there. Um, I did an internship at Cap Radio and, you know, that helped me. The connections helped me. Also, like, I started for people that want to do, like, broadcasting. I did um, a lot of videos by myself. Like, I think I did, like, three videos where I did stories. And because I do speak Spanish, I started doing them in both languages. And that helped me create reels. And I know that Sac State has a good, like multimedia broadcast now like because when I started we were barely starting but now you guys, I, I see you guys are like way more advanced and um, I think like being a part of a, a lot of those and creating a reel that helps a lot and also just getting out there 
you know, like me, like you said, like with the reality shows, that helped me too, because that's something that I, you know I could write on my resume, like, hey, well, I did this as a, like as a volunteer, you know, on the side. So definitely, like internships. Definitely, I always put a state hornet on my resume, just because it looks so good. Like you know, you, like wow, you did that in college. Like so, um, just doing a lot of stuff for a state hornet or on the side or getting internships. I actually. Got the Cabrillo internship because I was oh I saw about it because I was walking on campus and I saw that they were looking for interns and I was like oh so just staying up to date and applying for internships being involved I also did the radio at my community college so people you know that want to do radio you know get involved in your local radio if you want to do newspaper get involved in your local newspaper just make people know your name out there so I know a lot of you guys from State Hornet do that and that's why I know like I know there's a lot of potential I've seen it. I worked with you guys, so and I actually was intimidated working with you guys because <laughs> sometimes I'm like, oh my god, they know so much and I don't because I only did it for one semester, but it helped me so much. So definitely, people that want to like grow in this field, like join the State Hornet. That helped me a lot, and I like I said, I still put it on my resume. That's so good to hear that you're. Yeah. I hope everyone who's in our class realizes that you can no. really grow from this. You actually can. Like I learned so much and. Like, I, I remember I, I had no idea, like, because I wanted to be a news reporter, but I was like, okay, oh, let me join my last semester because I, I need something, you know? So I was like, how do I get into journalism? So I was like, oh, I, I spoke to uh, Stu and he told me like, oh, you know, you should take this prereq first and then come in here. What do you want to do? And I said, well, take me your broadcast. So I just started getting involved and I learned from a lot of like my editors, from you guys, um, pitching stories. Like, I never knew all of this. So that was like an eye opener of how the industry is and how we need to work things in a time-sensitive manner, how to edit, like all that. So it does help, definitely. Yeah, I was like looking back at some of your old clips and now that the broadcast section is like so much larger, we have a girl on our team, Chrissy Martinez, who mm -hmm. is like doing amazing at it. And I see how you were able to kind of do it in the very beginning stages and then like now how it's evolved to like how she's doing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, both Latinas in media and they're doing really, really well. So I'm glad that you found a platform on the state hornet to like really be able to like kickstart what you want to do now and what you're in now inevitably mm -hmm. and also there's another person that was at the state hornet with us um vince ibarra mm -hmm. he was also in multimedia section with me and i know like sarah too and she's doing great things right on the the sack b and all that yeah. i see her all the time well i see everybody doing great things but vince also he also came with i want to be a news reporter and i want to do this and i want to focus on this and now he's working in SoCal, he's working for a, a news channel too. So I think that's that's good too. Like he came, he also came out from the State Hornet and he was the same way as me. I remember speaking to him where he was like, oh, I can't find anything. And and also an eye opener is that when you first get in this industry, it's not like a great pay, you know? And that's something mm -hmm. I had to learn. Like I, I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to survive? But you know, you just have to find like your spa. And you know, luckily I found local things because I, just searched so much and and I kept like anything local so I can you know like not move too far but I had a first gig out of college in Bakersfield and you know the pay was so low that I got you know discouraged and I was like oh, I'm not gonna find anything better here and actually I did I found something better a little better pay and you know closer to home so don't get discouraged you'll find something and you know pay increases like any other job but you know after college you do like get your hopes a little like down because you're like oh it's not how I thought that I was gonna be right away on like national tv <laughs> it doesn't work that way 
But I mean, all the process is fun. Even like your colleagues, like meeting people in the industry, like keep in touch because you will see them around, you know, like Vince, like he's around or like Sarah, she's around. You guys are gonna be around so and then my news director from iHeartMedia he just retired but he knew one of my professors from Sac State and it's actually George Warren and mm-hmm. you know he was telling me like when they were growing up they would always see each other on the fields working for different stations so I was like hey that's cool you're, you're, you're always around those people because the industry is just so small yeah building connections especially with a lot of the professors at Sac State oh my like gosh, you yes. and, and all of yeah. those people that really can like help jumpstart you into this and I'm just like okay like give me the runaround of how it actually works I feel like we have an idea of like how it's we want it to be and then Uh how it actually is and you talk to those college grads and like it's nothing like the way Mm -hmm. that you know we had thought it was going to be when we were like starting off as journalists but the process is nice like I think you start getting your hopes down after college but once you I don't know like it's just all a, a, it's a nice process because you kind of get to find yourself too. You're finding your voice. And like you said, definitely stay in touch with professors because I stayed in touch with Stu. I stayed in touch with George Warren. Um, and, you know, they can give you great tips too because, you know, they're in the industry. So stay in touch with them and, um, and don't lose hope. <laughs> yeah. Now that you're in this, on this platform and you're kind of seeing like the workaround of it. Like what conversations do you wish that would come up more in terms of being Latina or being Hispanic? Something that like our a larger audience needs to be talking about or that they need to be aware of going into this? I would say don't feel intimidated because like I said, as a Latina and as a woman, there's times where I still feel intimidated just because I'm like, I don't want them to think I'm this little Mexicanita that doesn't know, you know? (laughs) Like, I want them to be like, wow, she knows. And there was times, like I said, where I let my, you know, like certain words where I didn't pronounce right and I had to re-record because I was like, well, this this word is not right. Or they would tell me, hey, that word is not right. So I would say believe in yourself and know that you get double opportunity because you're a Latina in the United States and that helps a lot. You know, if you know Spanish, that's even better because you get to do like, I'm doing both things right now and, you know, perfect your English, perfect your Spanish, perfect your strong points, your strengths in this industry. And just definitely, like I said, don't get discouraged. Don't let anybody intimidate you. You should be proud that you're a Latina in this market because it's, it's hard. You know, you have to work extra hard. You have to better your English, better your Spanish, and not only pronouncing it, but writing it. Mm. So I think, you know, people should know that, you know, we have to work extra hard, but we also get the best of both worlds. Right. Yeah. Writing right now in Spanish is not my strong suit. Yeah. I actually took classes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Because... I came in like, I know Spanish, but then like in, in college and, and I remember my JC, I took a class and I was like, oh my gosh, it's not the Spanish I learned at home. <laughs> right. It's so much different. Right? Like, I mean, right now I have to like approve stories in Spanish and I'm like, I would have never put the accent. Yeah. I've never known that that was supposed to go there. And I'm just like, I feel so bad for the two other editors who speak Spanish because we're really on the hook for that kind of stuff. But it's just like such a difference than like what I'm used to. Yeah, and if you don't practice, it kind of starts fading because when I started working at Univision, sometimes I stumble and I'm like, wait, like, did you forget? But I I speak Spanish at home. It's just that I started perfecting my English so much that I started letting go of the Spanish, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, writing. So, And I'm a strong writer in Spanish, too, so I was like, what the heck? Like, what, what's going on with me? But it's just you have to, like, keep on working at, on both and 
just practicing like to me my problem and maybe this is your problem bilingual problems like we tend to mix english and spanish mm-hmm. so there's times where i want to just like mix it and i'm like oh, i can't like i need to speak just one language <laughs> Yeah, I'll be talking to someone and I'm like, I want to just start saying something in Spanish because that's how I understand it. And that's how I and I don't know, like the English translation to it. And I'm like, it makes more sense in my head than it does. Yeah. Like, or sometimes when you translate it, yeah, you're like, wait, this did not sound right. Like it's me earlier right now. <laughs> yeah. So it, like you said, perfecting your English tends to change your Spanish because I used to like have an accent. And now mm-hmm. I don't like it just kind of went away. And sometimes when I'm only speaking Spanish from like not but with my friends, just with family like it'll start coming back and i'm like oh i can like see where i like changing words to sound better in english so that other people don't pick up on it you know another tip that i can give going back uh would be criticizing yourself i do it all the time and i'm not saying be hard on yourself but see your weaknesses and your strengths with radio i had to like even now i still record and i have to go back and even though sometimes they're pre-recorded like i could hear where i it doesn't sound right, like a lot of, not pronunciation, but like even for an English speaker, if you say some words super fast, like it doesn't sound right on the mm-hmm. radio, like, or even on TV, on broadcast, like hand movements, hand gestures, certain things that, you know, you could do better. So I would say perfecting those weaknesses and like see your strengths and really study those. What are your weaknesses? What are your strengths? And, and try to fix those, criticize yourself, ask others ask maybe like the professionals like I know Stu you can tell ask him I know you guys like when you guys do the class like you guys talk about you know like what could have been done better and that it helps a lot because it sticks to you because if you mm-hmm. maybe if you're like me you're like I don't like when people tell me I'm wrong but tell <laughs> me because I need to fix it you know and in the real world you need to hear it so <laughs> you don't want a listener to call you and be like hey this was wrong you know <laughs> Yeah, same. I feel like the stew critiques that we get every week are like the hazing ritual into like getting into journalism <laughs> because you're never going to like, this is always going to be like the harshest part. You're going to be your own harshest critic. So uh-huh. it's like at least someone is laying it out to you because in the real world, people are just going to comment. They're going to DM yeah. you. So like at least get it right now. The uh-huh. advantage that we have at the State Horn to get it right now so that later on we know and we're a little more prepared. Yeah, and listen to constructive criticism. Also, don't let, like, other people tell you, like, oh, you're horrible, and be like, I'm horrible, you know? Right. <laughs> be like, oh, okay, well, maybe you think I'm horrible, but I'll get better at it, or I'll see my strengths, my weaknesses, because it's, like I said, it's a hard industry, but it's not impossible. I feel like if I'm able to do it, like, I like letting people know that they could do it as well. It's just putting in the work, and if you really want it, like, do it. Like, if you want to do podcasts, do podcasts. If you want to do news writing, do news writing you want to do broadcast TV, do that. So you, it, it's not impossible. It's just finding where you want to be or where mm-hmm. you want to go. Yeah, I fully agree. You know, I came out of college saying I want to be a news reporter. I always wanted to be a TV host, but because I didn't get the opportunities right out of college, I like I said, I got discouraged. But now that more doors are opening, like my first job gave me so much experience. And now I'm like, wow. I could finally say I'm a TV host. That's always what I wanted to do. And yes, it's local, but you know, in, in like five years or 10, I would love to be like national, like, you know, maybe Univision national, maybe an English market national. And, you know, I'm just really trying to learn a lot from where I am and just grow and see what I like. If I like TV host more than being a news reporter or, you know, just getting like my experiences in all different fields. Because even though you're out of college and you're like, okay, well, I really wanted to focus on this. 
But when you're in the industry, like, I never thought I would do radio. And then I got into radio and I was like, hey, I like it. Like, I don't have to get ready. I'm just talking, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's just my voice. So, yeah, I would definitely say being um, more successful in the industry and definitely grow. Like, I don't want to, you know, be where I am right now. I want to do more. So definitely, like, more national, I would say. Or I just hope that I'm, you know, happy in the industry and still happy <laughs> and that I can uh, inspire other people and just really grow in my career. Because, you know, in the end, this is, you have to have passion for the, your work and your career. So I, I still hope that I carry this passion in, in five years and 10 years to be, to be good at it. Yeah, that's always the hope that we went through all of this to, to at least stay where we're at. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, keep on going because, you know, all this hard work is going to pay off, but you have to keep on putting in the work. And, you know, one also thing that I like to point out is that I've got all the worst shifts starting i'm finally switching to day side but mm -hmm. i started off working at night so it's 10 to 5 a.m and i would have to commute because i live in stockton so like adding the commute oh my gosh it was intense i would sleep during the day and it was weekends so mm -hmm. so you know while everybody's out having fun i was like oh my god i'm up like working <laughs> and also i started doing um weekends Actually, today I worked um, four in the morning, but this is my last weekend, thank God. That's why I, I like to tell people, like, don't get discouraged. Like, this is temporary. Like, you know, getting in the industry, you get the worst shifts. <laughs> you get the worst <laughs> of the worst, but that shapes you and molds you to doing any shift. Like, now I'm like, I can do anything now. <laughs> like, I can do four in the morning, I can do three, I can do night. And it makes me appreciate more, like the day side and getting my sleep because news reporters don't get sleep. <laughs> like my under eye circles are terrible because of me not sleeping. I know, but that's part of the industry. That's why, that's why I heard someone tell me this before, but I'm going to say it too, because it's true. Like you need to have a lot of passion in this industry because it's a lot of sacrifice, like, you know, not sleeping, not going out with friends, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. I miss a lot of family reunions, but that's, I told myself, like, hey, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. And finally, I see it paying off. So don't get discouraged. Don't lose hope and just keep on pushing and, and loving the industry because in the end, it's, it's, it's really nice. And once you see your work published, I mean, I'm sure even like on, on State Hornet, you guys see your work and you're like, Phew, it was worth it. Like, wow. I remember too, like, you know, seeing your guys' articles. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Like, it's actually published. And I, sh I would show it off too. I would be like, oh my God, look, I, I anchored today for the State Hornet. <laughs> yeah, it's the best part seeing that stuff happen. Even I do it so little now just because I've, I've been an editor for a while. But like even just one of my pieces on the website, I'm like, okay, good. Like... I put in all that work just to see it there and I'm glad it is. So I'm glad that yeah. you still think that way too. No, and even being an editor, like that's amazing. Put it on your resume and your cover letter. Like, you know, write a lot, like everything, basically almost everything that you did because it helps a lot. Well, thank you, Aranza, so much for talking with me. I wanted to talk with you even just aside from this being Hispanic Heritage Month, but I feel like this conversation could really help a lot of people going into the industry post-college and you know some advice to look out for and some things to look out for so thank you so much for joining me and i wish you the best in this industry and in your job you. and in your future i really truly do thank you so much Magali, and i wish you the best too and you know you guys are doing great i still keep up with the state hornet like i still follow you guys so be happy that you guys get to do this because you know you guys are going to do all great things when do you graduate Magali? 
Uh, I graduate in the spring. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, you already have all this experience. I didn't have it. Like, I literally joined the last semester. And still, you know, I got a lot of that out of it. So just keep on doing what you guys are doing. And thank you so much for having me. I was so excited. I went, I went and told everybody, like, oh, my God, they're going to interview me. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. But thank you so much. And, you know, I hope I can uh, help others find their journey or believe in themselves and, you know, keep on going. All right, everyone, this has been Magali Munoz and Aranzo Mora. Look out on the State Hornet for the rest of our Hispanic Heritage Month coverage. We have a lot more coming in the next few days. So yeah, I will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.